the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League, your number one source for all the league's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. All right, everybody, welcome in Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. I'm Justin Kinner, excited to be bringing you another edition of the Reach the Horizon podcast. And we have a lot to get into, of course, in the world of college athletics, not just basketball, but the world of college athletics. There are more questions than answers. There's more questions than answers on the administration side. There's more questions than answers uh, for coaches and players. There's more questions than answers for the fans. And uh, right now, as a team, as a whole, the sports community just continues to take it day by day. And each day, we get some of those answers for a lot of those questions. And that's what's unique about this 2020 college athletic season. In fact, that's what's unique about this 2020 sports season as a whole regardless of the level of a sports fan that you are, whether it's youth uh, because you have kids that play or nieces and nephews that play, grandchildren that play, whether it's high school, whether it's college, whether it's the pros, more questions than answers. But I respect and appreciate everyone uh, that puts in so much work behind the scenes to help allow there to be an athletic season at any level uh, for the players, coaches, administration, and fans alike. We got a lot to get into today. We you know I talked about a lot of questions being out there and we're slowly getting some of those answers. How about uh, getting a schedule put together? I know that there's a lot of question marks regarding non-conference uh, schedules for a lot of teams, but what Julie Rolash, Deputy Commissioner who of the Horizon League who joined us on last week's show, um you know, her and I discussed the behind the scenes work that goes into building the conference schedule. We got the answers to that. We got the conference schedule last week, which is a pretty unique scheduling model that features the home team hosting the same team back-to-back nights. So rather than having a home-and-home series with each Horizon League opponent throughout the year like in a regular, regular season, right? Uh, Now that's not going to happen. For instance, the Horizon League season will tip off on December 19th and 20th. Uh, One of the games here, so for instance, Youngstown State will be at Northern Kentucky on the 19th. Youngstown State will also be at Northern Kentucky on the 20th. Uh, Northern Kentucky will not play at Youngstown State. So that's how they will get both matchups in this season. So every team will get their two conference games against all opponents except one. There will at least be one opponent uh, in the Horizon League that each school does not face. And as we learned last week with Deputy Commissioner of the Horizon League, Julie Rolash, who's soon to be the acting commissioner of the Horizon League starting in 2021. Congratulations to her. Um, But as we learned last week, the decision on how to determine which team that these programs will not play, a lot of it has to do with they try to map out the furthest distance um, of an opponent in the conference for each one and try to eliminate that opponent um, using that standard. Of course, I'm sure there was more that went into it than just that, but that was one of the main criteria points. Um, that we discussed last week. But December 19th and 20th, we now know that's when the Horizon League season will tip off. And, of course, non-conference schedules are still being sprinkled in uh, here in the coming days and weeks as we inch closer and closer to the tip-off of the 2020-2021 college basketball season. One thing we also learned last week was the Horizon League preseason awards list. We now know who our men and women's Horizon League basketball player, uh, preseason player of the year uh, is, and we also know who are on the first and second team. So we're going to be chatting with a couple of those individuals here in the coming weeks, including uh, a couple of coaches. Here this week, we're going to today's podcast, we're going to chat with the men's basketball Horizon League preseason player of the year and reigning Horizon League men's basketball player of the year, 
Wright State Raiders, Loudon Love. Excited to be chatting with him and bringing that to you coming up here in just a few moments. We'll also have Wright State head basketball coach Scott Nagy on this week as well. That'll be a podcast that is released later on this week. So you get two podcasts in one week. That's a win as we get you ramped up for the college basketball season. We'll also be chatting with the Horizon League Women's Basketball Player of the Year, uh, as well as some coaches and other players throughout the coming weeks as well for next week's uh, edition of the Reach the Horizon podcast. So let's get to it, shall we? We now know who our Horizon League preseason player of the year is, as I mentioned in Loud and Love. Had a great conversation with him. We got to talk about what it's like already for him entering his senior season. I mean, I feel like he just arrived at Wright State. And one thing we discussed is in the world of college basketball right now and athletics as a whole, the transfer portal is dominating the offseason for college athletics. Players are transferring at an alarming rate. And when you are a player like a Loud and Love and even thinking back to Drew McDonald from a few years ago and Antoine Davis right now at Detroit. These are talents that you dang well know a lot of those Power Five conferences would love to have on their rosters. A lot of these talents, uh, I'm sure a lot of these Power Five conferences overlooked. They didn't look at. In fact, that's one thing Loudon and I talk about coming up here in a few moments is when you're coming out of high school and you don't have a lot of schools looking at you, and then you you have a coach and a program in the Horizon League that develops that talent and helps you achieve your athletic goals it has to be tough when those schools that didn't woo you coming out of high school are now interested in you. And I respect the process and the ability for players to be able to go wherever they please, but I also respect the players who are loyal to their program and want to finish what they start. And that's what I really respected about Drew McDonald at Northern Kentucky when you know he finished out his career there. And I'm saying the same thing about Loudon Love, and you can go year by year, even back to when Valpo was here with Alec Peters, uh, Kay Felder at Oakland. There are so many players and there you know that easily could have played elsewhere. Kendrick Nunn, think about him. Of course he transferred to Oakland, but you see my point. A lot of these guys could easily leave these Horizon League schools and go play at the bigger programs, and I really respect those who choose to stick it out and finish what they start. Not that I'm judging those who don't, but it really is a cool story when you look back and see how the career of Drew McDonald finished out at NKU. It's going to be a fantastic story when you see how Loudon Love wraps up his career at Wright State University, and that's something we talk about here in this week's edition of Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. All right, just a reminder that today's interview, as well as all interviews that we conduct right here on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League, is brought to you by health and wellness company Zervita, changing lives for the better through nutritional and performance-based products and opportunities. Here's Wright State Raiders, loud and love. He's the reigning Horizon League Player of the Year and was just named the preseason Horizon League Player of the Year. We have Wright State's Loudon Love joining us. Loudon, welcome in, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you uh, hanging out with us. So you guys have had practice today, right? Just, I mean, how different and unique have your practices been this year? Because I'm pretty sure, just like I talked about with fans, this is unlike they, anything they've experienced. You as an athlete and as a, you know the only senior on this roster, this is unlike anything you've experienced, I'm sure. No, of course. I mean, it's definitely an unorthodox start to the season, uh, with the preseason, completely different than you know our normal schedule and what I, I'm accustomed to. Um, but I think we've handled pretty well. I mean, we've had times where we've had been shut down here or there um, for numerous reasons, and then um, just not as much time earlier on that we wanted to get in the gym. But uh, I think we're finally catching up, and uh, one of the biggest things, I think, is conditioning. But we're kind of jumping on that, you know, getting a lot of up and down in practice. So uh, it's, it's definitely different. You're meshing in some things that normally are separated, um, but the coaching staff's done a great job for that. 
Let's rewind back to March. We'll touch on uh, the ending to last season in a moment. But when a lot of the stay-at-home orders uh, started coming into place, and again, that varied from state to state, where were you? Were you back at home? Uh, were you in Dayton? Where, where were you located during the majority of that early on stretches of the stay-at-home orders? Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, we kind of stuck around for a while just to mm-hmm. see what happened. And then once we got where the NCAA tournament was canceled, obviously we knew that NIT would be following that procedure. Um, so then I, I headed home for a while, um, you know, probably packed for about a week, figuring that we might get back to the gym just because that's when it happens. We finish out the school year and we have some workouts here and there's even if it's just weights. Um, and it turned out to be, I think, like a month and a half that I was home almost uh, home in Illinois, um, which is a little bit of a high basketball. Not really, though, just just not working out super tough. You know, I mess around and play with friends a little bit, uh, but nothing too serious. And um, obviously still trying to follow the orders of staying at home. Yeah, we're seeing in football, for college football, uh, you know, teams d- don't look f- up to par yet. I mean, again, it was a wonky offseason for them. You guys are experiencing the same thing. Uh, you know, we're seeing, you know, some teams look out of sorts. What are some things that in college basketball, if you're not getting the typical offseason you're accustomed to, what are some things that you would be worried about maybe impacting not just you, but your team as a whole? And forget just your team, but college basketball as a whole. What are some things that the casual fan may not realize about what the lack of an offseason, a normal offseason, can impact this season? I mean, it can affect the structure of it um, with, with the mental approach to the game, I think. I think for any sport, and that goes with college uh, football as well, and maybe even some pro- well, professional teams, not much. But um, just being able to get that full offseason, and we'll see it with the NBA, you know, having a short offseason, stuff like that. Um, but just kind of condensing stuff and having quick turnarounds, and it's really one of those things. Um, it's almost cliche to hear, but it's like who can deal with change and who can adapt to it and who can handle the uncertainty of an entire season. Um, because the truth is, like, it's uncertain right now if we'll be playing in two weeks and we won't know probably until the day before that, you know, to say with certainty we'll be playing tomorrow. Um, and then maybe a month down the road, even with conference play, it might be the same way if someone gets sick on our team, another team in the conference, anything. So um, I just think the struggle of uncertainty and going to practice every day, um, kind of hoping, not hoping, but just playing like you know you're going to play, uh, despite the fact that you might not. Right, State's loud in love with this here. Named the 2020 Horizon League Preseason Player of the Year. I want to rewind back to the tail end of last season quick, and then we'll put that in the rearview mirror and we'll look back at it. Um, it, it was a bittersweet ending to that season that was just filled with so many firsts. Of course, winning the conference championship or the, the regular season conference championship, you winning player, you know, Horizon League Player of the Year. Uh, wasn't just a great year for you. I mean, it was across the board for, for the entire program. What happened in in Indianapolis? Uh, just take us back to that night, uh, you know, during that game. It, you know, it just didn't look right. Did it feel right? What happened in Indianapolis as your season came to an end? Yeah. Um, you know, I can't tie it to one thing. I would say UIC definitely came to play. Uh, we had the, our mm-hmm. that year. We were one and one last year um, with them, and uh, obviously we had the last the last time we saw them, we won. Uh, but that was at our place. You know, it was a neutral playing ground. Um, but I think part of it too, maybe was we got kind of lackadaisical not having a game. You know, we had those buys uh, and a lot of practice. And as much as it should be easy to practice at the time, some people, uh, including myself, can get just nonchalant with it because you just want to play in those games and those high emotional games. Um, so I don't know. I feel like we got caught in the middle of all of that and we kind of didn't stay on path and stay focused on how we were the entire season. But I think. Looking back, it was something that we kind of emphasized the whole year. Is like we we tied for it. We have a one that we want our regular season championship. Um, and unfortunately, that's you know it, it's important to us as a program to win those games. Um, but for others, it might not be because of one big league. Um, so I mean, obviously, my freshman year we won the tournament. Last year we won the regular season. I think 
Uh, it's kind of a goal, and kind of the hard thing would be to handle that success of the regular season and still going to that tournament hungry, and not even hungry, but just willing to do the same things to win, win both. Yeah, you're a senior. You're the only senior on this roster. I feel like you just got here. I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. Um, but you've experienced, I mean, you're a part of the change uh, and the uplift of this program that came over with Coach Scott Nagy and just the, the total flip over of the program to get it to where it is right now. You talked about your first year when you guys went to the NCAA tournament. That was a year where every time you guys were in a big game, it was one of those where you were the, you were hunting. Now you're the hunted and just the growth of the program and the growth for your career from your freshman year to now. How much, how different was last year? As fun as it was, it was, I'm sure it was much different than the early success you were having where you were hunting the success and now you were the hunted. How different was that for you to adjust to last year? Um, a little difficult. Um, you know, it's kind of where we always saw the program wanting to go. So I think the younger guys kind of bought into that. You know, Jalen Hall is, you know, one of the older guys we have relatively on St. James Mans. I mean, I think it's not surprising to us, but it is a different feel. And, um, you know, going into Florida last year, obviously that's when I hurt my elbow, fractured it. But I think we went into there, you know, feeling pretty confident that we could win that tournament and play those three games and get out there three and zero. So I think the confidence that comes with it um, also needs to come with some humility um, with it as well. So it's definitely a different feel um, every every game in and out. But it's the feeling you want. You know, you rather be that kind of team where everyone's coming after you, giving you the best, making you better. Uh, making you perform under pressure and making you play great basketball than, uh, you know, a team that's overlooked or, you know, not getting everyone's best. Yeah. People giving the excuses that, oh, we didn't show up for that game because we didn't think they were that good, that kind of thing, um, which you hope not to see in college sports, but here and there you do. So you've learned from that. I mean, I, I never want to say a loss is a good thing, but, I mean, there's nothing you could do about that loss now. So you take that, and it's like a lesson learned, and it's like, you know, you still experienced a ton last year that you're going to bring with you into this coming up season. You guys learned from that in the wonky offseason that it has been. You've spent a lot of time with your teammates, the you know some of the guys you've been familiar with, a lot of the new guys. How are you feeling about this roster? Uh, you know, I heard Coach Nagy say last week it's one of the deeper rosters he's had since being here, and that you talk about what it's like playing with these guys. A lot of new faces to a lot of Raider fans as we tip off the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our coaching staff and our athletic department were pushing, so we got a few extra weeks, and I'd say, or at least we started our timeline um, a little bit sooner than other schools may have. Um, as far as, you know, working into full practices, um, at least workouts, I would say, in the summer. But, um, yeah, I would say, honestly, skill-wise, I've never, I've never thought I was the most skilled person on the team, but I'd say we got a lot of skilled people um, on this team, and I wouldn't say I'm one of the top ones. I mean, we got Grant Pastilli coming in, who's great for man, stretch four or five. Um, he's comfortable on the perimeter in the post. Tim Finke transferred from GCU, playing great ball. Obviously, like I said, the older guys like James and, Dalen Hall playing great ball as well. And then we got Trey Calvin stepping up at point guard and Andre Harris, who's a right freshman for us, also doing well. Um, and the freshman kind of, we joke about it with them. You know, you had an easy freshman year because that summer, I remember my freshman summer, I was doing body weight stuff for two and a half months, three months. Uh, and these guys come in doing body weight for like maybe three weeks and then off the hook. But um, we joke about it with them, but you know, they've embodied it and they, they've taken it and they know that uh, this is unusual, you know, and, you know, I think they're taking it well. And uh, they're working hard for us. And it, it's been fun to play around these guys. It's really competitive in practice. Um, and it's hard to, you know, blow out. You know, when we split it up 5v5, it's hard to blow out another team. And it's really just, uh, I think it's our mental approach and not our skill, skills, really. It's our mental approach and our uh, mindset on defense and offense more than anything. Define what a successful season will be to you and the team as a whole in 2020. Um, I would say for us um, – I'm not going to give you a straightforward answer here. I'd say, I'd say just loving on each other and dealing with the uncertainty. 
because um, w- with that love, you know, if we make those mistakes or we have an issue, uh, we can kind of come back from anything. And that, that's kind of what you need, especially like you talked about when some teams look at you as a threat or want to give you their best. You really just need that cohesive unit. Um, and just handle with the uncertainty, you know, going going into practice, like I said, every day, ready to play, ready to attack it as if you're going to play a game every week um, with no doubt, like as if it was a regular season. Um, so I think if we take care of those two things. Uh, we stay together and care about each other. I think we'll be all right. And um, I think for a senior, that'd be a successful season for me, despite the record. Loudon, I'm not putting you on the spot here, but you know you are an interesting talent because uh, you're definitely a guy that came in that didn't have a lot of eyes on you. That right now, heading into your senior uh, redshirt senior year with Wright State, I'm sure a lot of other programs have had their had their eyes on you. And nowadays, where everyone's always transferring, I mean, it's just every year the transfer portal is unbelievable. It speaks volumes about the job that Coach Negi has done. It speaks volumes about yourself. What is it about Wright State in the program for Coach Negi? that you felt comfortable saying, you know what, forget what everyone is doing in these times where everyone just transfers and tries to go to that bigger and better program. What is it about what you and Coach Negi have helped establish here that you felt comfortable saying, you know what, I want to finish my career where I started right here with Wright State? Um, well, I'd say it's everything for the athletic department, Coach Nagy and the entire staff. Um, they handle it really well, and um, even at South Coast State. And I don't think I'd be, or at least I wouldn't have um, the stats behind me that I do now at you know, South Coast State behind Mike Dom, who was a great player, and what they did there. Um, so I think, you know, things almost didn't get lucky, but fell into place here because I was able to get the opportunity from the coaching staff um, that were willing to trust me. And like you said, I was nothing special coming out of high school, so there's no reason for, uh, for them I to. I didn't re- say that. I didn't yeah, say that. Really, okay. <laughs> they didn't really recruit me or give me a chance like that. Um, but they did, especially coming off the ACL rehab. So. Um, I've just always been thankful for that opportunity and uh, being a man of my word as they are, I don't really have a reason to go back on it. And all they said was they give you a chance to be great and be the best player you can be if you want to and you buy into it. Um, and yeah, there's been days where I've had struggles buying into it but for the most part when, uh, you know, I am honest with myself and I buy into the things that they believe in and that have shown the work, um, you know, they're, they're people in their word and they stick with it. So I think it's just, the honesty of it and the relationships, obviously it's hard in some of these preseasons, this one, especially because of the condensed um, scheduling and everything trying to get in. So there's a lot of tension, but uh, I think they do a great job of getting rid of that and dissipating that between players and coaches and everything like that. So um, it's a special thing to be a part of, like I said, from the athletic department down. And um, I've enjoyed it on campus, academically, athletically, everything. You're an old school post player. Uh, I mean, it, you don't see your type of play, a post player anymore in, in basketball. And I, I love that old school basketball, you know, throw it into the post. I don't love the slow it down game, but I love the old school throw it in the post and take advantage of your height. Uh, we've okay. seen combo post players in the horizon like the last couple of years. Drew McDonald's one that could take it down in the block, but also had the outside game. Is it, do you work on your outside game or is it, you have no interest in adding that to your arsenal? What is it about you that just likes to stick to the stick in the post and just take advantage of your height and your strength? Absolutely. I mean, the height isn't there all the time. Obviously, we've had some centers that are taller. Mm-hmm. Our team's taller. He's really long, so it's hard to maneuver around him even in practice. Um, and I work on it, but it's, I've, I've also, I think, the first three years here, it's never been something I've majorly focused on because I wanted to refine my skills, you know, get a higher free or not, not free throw percent, higher. Regular field goal percentage, obviously with that free throw percentage. Um, this offseason, just because of the time away from the team and everything, I touched on it more and more, just trying to get the the rhythm down of a shot just for free throw percentage, which I've seen some improvement in, and it feels great, feels better, feels smoother. Um, so even if it's not something I'm, I'm here to showcase this year, 
even the help state line, that's only telling me here to use it. Absolutely, I've worked on it. Um, but I think, you know, it's it's one of those things where even though they go to me a lot and they trust me a lot with that ball, um, if I can just do what I do best um, for us and not worry about me personally and, and put it we instead of me first, then I think it'll be all right. Because we got guys in shooting everything in the – like I said, just kind of honing in and refining those skills and, and working on the passing game and those kind of things to get other guys open and more assists, um, I think we'll be all right. But definitely working on it, not something I might showcase this year or whatnot. Um, going forward, I might, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> now you're supposed to say, no, you're like perfect from behind the three-point line. You worked on it this season, so other teams start, you know, prepping for it right now. Yeah, so. yeah. You know, but your your play as a center, as we wrap things up, too, I mean, you've been, you know, I know you're not about the individual awards it's a, as a team, but, I mean, the the work that you have done um, has, has gotten noticed. You're, of course, on the 2020 uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award preseason watch list going in, and of course, and I'll be sharing here in a bit how fans can help vote you through that process. But that has to be a special thing for you, too, deep down, that maybe you'll appreciate it more after the season when you're more focusing on your career versus what your team needs to accomplish. But your work's being acknowledged from across the country with some of the best bigs in college basketball. That has to feel pretty special. Absolutely. It's nice to get that recognition. But like I said, with every award I've ever gotten, even with the player of the year last year, I mean, it's a team game. I wouldn't have been where I was last year without the seniors we had, whether it was Jordan Ash transfer from Northwestern, Peter mm-hmm. um, Dozich on the bench, or Cole and Bill on the court with me. So, um, like I said, it's always been a team game. and The coaching staff trusts me a ton. They've given me the most opportunities. So it's nice to get it recognized, but it is, it's a big thing for our program to kind of be in there and be involved in that. Because, you know, next to my name, I don't pay, pay attention to the name too much, but I know in that list right next to my name is Wright State um, as a school. And um, that means a lot to me, for sure. All right, send us out with this. Uh, being a leader on an athletics team this year is a lot different than just prepping for the upcoming game. Um, there is so much more going on behind the scenes. It's not just about athletics. It's about, you know, making the right choices, uh, making sure, you know, you're following pr- uh, COVID protocols, uh, you know, that you're staying safe and as healthy as possible during these uncertain times. Uh, do you, you know, you being the only senior, how do you feel pressure to kind of keep this team in line? I'm sure you trust your teammates, but just what is that like? You already have your regular pressures of, you know, prepping for a season, but always know that, hey, you got to keep encouraging your team to stay on the right path to make sure that they're making right decisions. Yeah, um, I mean, I've never been the most positive one. Uh, that's also something I kind of worked on this offseason was kind of reading into those things with great coaches like uh, Bill Jackson and other stuff like that and how they led, you know, championship teams, those kind of things, um, with the mental approach, basketball, all that. But I'd say, you know, the guys want to be out there just as much as I do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here because we recruit good character. And I just know that if I'm having a bad day, they'll pick me up. Um, so hopefully those are far few in between and I can do the same for them. But I think they just want to be here. And like everyone else in college basketball, they're ready to go play a game and compete. And that's not all that you need, of course. But I think they've done their work in preparing and they're going to continue to do so the next two weeks. So um, definitely hard, definitely on my mind. But I don't think it's going to be too hard to leave these guys because they want to be here and be great. All right, he's the reigning Horizon League Player of the Year, was just named the preseason Horizon League Player of the Year. And, uh, well, there's a lot of uncertainty, but we know we have a conference schedule coming up around the corner. Non-con will be announced here in the near future uh, as everyone's keeping an eye on that. Loudon, thanks so much for your time. I know you're a busy guy. And uh, as much as I enjoy watching your career, I enjoy watching the hairstyles change. Uh, of course, yeah. Years. I so mean, you, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Take care, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. See ya.